This is the rapture, the harpazo. Uh, this is going to be part four. I'm going to wrap up next week with part five. We've spent the entire month of January on it. What the hell happened is the title of the message. I bet some of you coming to church today didn't think that the pastor would have a title like, What the Hell Happened? And literally, what I'm going to share with you is about what the hell happened. Because after the rapture, it is a hell on earth. I mean, simply saying. So, I'm going to ask you to go with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1-12. through 12. Stand with me for the reading of the word. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. They're worried that Paul in his first letter to the Thessalonians told about the rapture, the harpazo. So they're worried that it already happened because some people were circulating some false letters, right? Crazy stuff happening today too. Verse 3. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself to be God. Who is that talking about? Antichrist. Good. Verse 5. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things, and now you know what is restraining? Notice what? Something is restraining the Antichrist from Satan, from bringing the Antichrist into the world. Something is restraining him. And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now, restra he who now restrains it will do so until it is taken out of the way. I'm confused. Because it's saying a what is restraining him, and now it's saying that a person is restraining him. I don't know about you, I'm confused. Maybe we should just end the sermon. I'll go back and study for another five years and try to figure this one out. Verse 8. And then the lawless one, right, when the what or the he is removed, then the lawless one will be revealed from the Lord and will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. You can see that in Revelation 19. The coming of the lawless one is in accordance with the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth. They didn't love the truth. That they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie. The Antichrist is the lie. That they only be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Father, deep word. We're going to look at a lot of deep things today. We know that, Lord God, your word, to understand it, we need your spirit. He needs to enlighten us to understand the enlightened word. I pray, Lord God, as we sit at your feet, give us ears to hear, give us eyes to see. Give us a heart to grasp on and understand your word. 
It's an important message, Lord God, not only for ourselves, but for many others around us. But we have a word that we will be sharing with them, Lord God, that could result in where they spend eternity. For in Jesus' name we pray this, amen. I just want you to just go back with me for a second in this text, and I want you to notice, and I'll notice this very quickly here. It, it says here, right, the coming of the Lord, he said, don't let anyone deceive you, okay, uh, unless it says, you see the falling away? So that is the word apostasy. Apostasy occurs 12 times in the New Testament. Three times it talks about people falling away from the Christian faith. They reject the Christian faith which they've known. The other nine times it talks about essentially moving oneself away or being moved away from something. It could refer a positive person moving themselves away from sin in relation to repentance or moving themselves away from people, maybe evil people. So the translation here, throughout my walk with the Lord, for about 35 years, I always looked at that, that there would be a great apostasy of falling away of the Christian faith in the last days. And by the way, that's happening. There's a lot of other verses that, that say that's happening. But I believe what that is talking about there, and if you really look at it in its context, 1 Thessalonians, every chapter, Paul talked about the harpazo, the rapture of the church. Every chapter, every chapter of all the chapters, the five chapters in 1 Thessalonians, end with the rapture. So now he's, he's saying to the Thessalonians here, somebody has sent you some letters that have confused you that the Lord has already come, and he says, the Lord, the Lord will not come, okay, until there is this apostasy, this removal, and then the son of perdition, the Antichrist, is revealed. I believe what he's talking about in the falling away, he's talking about the rapture. I had to study scripture in its context, the first and second Thessalonians. I believe he's talking about the rapture. The rapture has to happen first, then, right, Antichrist is then revealed. And if you look down, and if we, we look here at, at the verses, um, verses 5 and, and, and 6, um, it's saying there that the restrainer, who is the restrainer? the Holy Spirit. But what is he actually working in and working as a restrainer? The church. Sure. The what is the church? The he is the Holy Spirit. When the church is removed, right, the Holy Spirit. Now, does that mean that the Holy Spirit isn't going to be working on earth during the tribulation? No. But at that moment, all of a sudden the doorway opens for the Antichrist to come. So if, you, if again, you, you study Scripture in its context, because as soon as you start pulling verses out of its context, you can make it mean whatever you want to mean, and that's why there's so many cults, so many false religions, so many crazy heretics out there preaching in pulpits this morning. In its context, I believe what that's talking about, again, the rapture, the harpazo of the church, and then the coming of the Antichrist. What happens in the harpazo? I showed you the first part of this video. I'm going to show you the second they part all now. all stand for one last song. That's what it would be like in a church. Number six, baby sleep.
Number seven, car crash. Nothing, that's the idea. Come back and Jill will take us for a spin. Okay, Danny, come on, come on. Let's finish the video for the kids. Back to the bowl. Goodness. Are they hurt? They're not in the car. Oh, that's crazy. Number eight, the delivery boy. Number nine, Urban Street. People are, oh man, people are like freaking out. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I have no... What happened? Oh my gosh. I, I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I have no clue what's happening. There's just, there's people, there's people screaming. Sorry. Sorry about that. I guess people had disappeared or something. The cops just showed up. This doesn't even feel real. I have no idea what's going on right now. This, everyone's freaking out. I'm freaking out. Officer, some lady, her kid disappeared. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this is, this is crazy. Apparently a bunch of people just disappeared here on this street. This guy's wife is gone. This baby disappeared. Number 10, traffic stop. I'm traffic, the intersection of Jefferson and Delaware, Wyoming Plate, 9 Henry, Tom John, 76. Hey, how's it going? I was speeding, wasn't I? Yeah, and you completely blew past that stop sign in front of me. I did. I'm, I'm so sorry. I okay, literally okay. didn't even see it. All right. um, this no is worries. my first time being pulled over. All right. Can I see your driver's license registration, please? Yeah. Um, it's not a big deal. Here's my license, but uh, this is my mom's car, so... Where are you headed to where you're speeding and missing stop signs? I was just headed to a friend's house. It's like literally right there. It's um, okay. a birthday party. So, Got it. Uh, not mine, but... Any drugs or alcohol in the vehicle? No. Of course not. All right. Sit tight, Sarah. I'll be right back. Okay. Your registration is exp... What the... Sarah? What the heck? Sarah? You get the idea? 3201. That's the Harpazo. Some really good videos there uh, that did it. Now, let me just... I want to show you something. If... Look, th this is um, a map of supposedly the populations of, of Christians in the world. 
these are professing Christians. So, you know, like if you look at America, I don't know what, you know, the colors match up. I'm a little colorblind, but what are they saying? 60% or 50% of America is Christian. Um, you know, come on, really? Are you kidding me? You know, I, I, I wonder if 10% of America is, you know, is Christian. But if you look here, when the rapture happens, there are going to be countries where nobody's missing. I mean, you, you're talking about your, your Islamic countries. There are very few Christians in those countries. India is, you know, Hindu. Then you look at some of the countries that are Buddhist. Uh, China, right, has, a, 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 you know, we're not even really sure, you know, behind there. But there are very few, there are very few Christians in those countries. When the, you know, the Harpazo happens. It's not going to be a difference. There's going to be no difference. In um, South America has, uh, a, you know, large, Mexico has a large Christian population, far greater than the United States. Um, North Africa is dominated by Islam. Uh, the central part of Africa, Nigeria, some of the countries there, there are a lot of Christians there. And um, so what you're going to have is you're going to have some areas where it's noticeable and then some areas where it is not noticeable. Now the one thing that that video showed you is little children were raptured. I believe little children will be raptured, will be harpazoed. And, you know, for Pastor Frank, where do you get that from? I just did a dedication. What did Jesus say? For such is the kingdom of heaven. And then I'll read to you Deuteronomy chapter 139. Entering into the promised land, moreover your little ones and your children, who you say will be victims, who today have no knowledge of good and evil. Right? Little kids, they don't have that knowledge of good and evil. They're still in a state of uh, innocency. They shall go in there, and to them I will give it, and they shall possess it. They were allowed to enter the promised land. Their parents weren't because of their sin. So, millions disappear. Millions and millions of children disappear. There is, there is panic. There is horror. There is terror. There is pandemonium. There is confusion. There is disorder. There is rioting. There is violence. There is unrest. Right? What the hell is going on? And I would, look, maybe 100 million Christians in the world, 8 billion people. It's a small percentage of the population, but 8 million people disappear, panic, horror, terror, again. All of a sudden, you're seeing on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram, CNN, MSLSD, Right? The, I'm sorry, I miss, uh, whatever it is. So they have to come forth with an explanation. The Harpazo leaves open the door for the Antichrist. Guess who suddenly comes on the scene? The Antichrist and the New World Order, by the way, that is being prepared for him right now. If you don't know what's going on, man, you've you got your head in the sand. But suddenly he comes on the scene and... He has to come up with an explanation. Now, it's interesting, you look at some of the writings of the New Agers, the occultists, the explanations have already been given there. I'm just going to show you a couple of them here. This is, according to Barbara, uh, if I'm saying it right, Marcinaic, uh, bringers of the dawn, this is a New Ager. Listen to what she says, and I quote, the people who leave the planet during the time of earth changes do not fit in here any longer, and they are stopping the harmony of the earth. 
when the time comes that perhaps 20 million people leave the planet, that's her guesstimate, at one time there will be a tremendous shift in consciousness for those who are remaining. So the picture here is suddenly this happens because Mother Nature, the Earth, is getting rid of the basket of deplorables, the Christians. Here's another. Another explanation that will be offered for the disappearance of all the believers of Jesus Christ is one of an evolutionary purge. The basic concept is that the earth and humanity is evolving into a higher spiritual consciousness. Those who, whose thought patterns are of the past and which hinder the evolutionary path will appear to vanish. It is explained that these souls will be taken elsewhere to evolve at their own rate and they will miss their chance to participate with the rest of the Earth's inhabitants. The scientists will have an explanation. We got swallowed up in a wormhole. Now, you got a lot of people who are left behind. Let me say this to you. You got a lot of church people who are left behind. I've been preaching the gospel for 42 years. I see a lot of people in churches. I see a lot of people sometimes who float in and out of this church who I truly believe are going to be left behind. A lot of people are going to be left behind. They've heard about the rapture. This could be somebody here today or somebody who's watching this thing today or some other time. They heard about it, but it goes in one ear and out the other. Right? What did Jesus say? They're, they're ever hearing and never hearing. They have ears but don't hear. They have eyes but don't see. Maybe you just, you're sitting, this is a bunch of crap. That's your attitude. Let me just, I, I want to stress this to those of you. Why it's so important to include the harpazo in your witnessing to people at this time. Because you will be planting seeds. And even though they may reject the message at this time, plant the seed. Because when the rapture happens... They will know what happened, and I believe many of these people who are sitting in churches will repent during the tribulation, painfully repent, and be saved. Now, what happens after the rapture? You have what is called the seven-year tribulation period, and the seven-year tribulation period, again, it's, it's, it's a hell on earth. You can read about it in Matthew chapter 24, Luke chapter 17, uh, it's Daniel's right final seven-year week or seven years. Uh, Jacob's trouble, it's called in the book of Jer uh, Jeremiah. It's Revelation chapter 6 through 19. Read Revelation 6 through 19. You'll get a, a detailed explanation of what happens. And there are a series of judgments. Seals, trumpets, bowls. There are seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls. Because that to be 21 judgments that are brought upon the world during that time. And it is, it is essentially, it is the wrath of God. It is uh, a hell on earth. During the tribulation, and this is what I want to focus on this morning, there are two harvests at the end of the age. And the Revelation talks about two harvests. There is the harvest of the saved. People who get saved during the tribulation. Apparently there's going to be a great multitude. And those people are saved during the tribulation period. They go to heaven. And then there is the harvest of the unsaved, of the unbelievers, of the unrepented. And they are harvested for hell. So I want to show you that. First thing here, 
The tribulation, a soul harvest of the saved. This is good news. Rapture has happened, the church is in heaven. You've got all these unbelievers left, and many of them are going to experience a revival. There is going to be a great revival. You ever hear preachers talk about, there's a great coming revival that's going to come on the world. It's going to happen. It's going to happen during the tribulation period. And there are people who are going to repent. They're going to believe in Jesus. They're going to experience radical conversions. Most are going to die in the tribulation. A remnant will survive and go into the millennial kingdom to repopulate it. So look at, look at Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through 17. Here is John, and what he is seeing... He says, after these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. Where did they come from? Not the church age. They came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Revelation 6 through 19. The church is never mentioned once. Revelation chapter 1 through 3. The church is mentioned repeatedly. Revelation chapter 4 verse 1, you have the word, come up here. Revelation 4 and 5, the church is in heaven. Revelation 6 through 19, church never mentioned. Revelation, I'm sorry, 6 through 18, Revelation 20, I'm sorry, Revelation 19, the church is the bride of Christ, the marriage supper of the Lamb, church is in heaven. 6 through 19, the church is never mentioned. These are people who have come out of the great tribulation. They are not the church. They are called tribulation saints. And notice verse 15. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him uh, day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell amongst them. They shall neither hunger anymore. Notice this. They were hungering. Nor thirst anymore. They were thirsty. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne, will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There were tears. So this, this great multitude, right, are those who get saved during the tribulation. Now, if the Holy Spirit is removed temporarily, and the church is removed because we're responsible to do the evangelism at this time, we're sharing the gospel, this message will go out, you know, to people all over the world. But if we are removed, how did these people get saved? Well, let's, again, look. A couple of reasons, three things here. 144,000 Jewish witnesses. What's interesting, before John sees this vision of heaven with all these people from all the different nations, he talks, uh, again, 
about the revelation that's given to him from Revelation chapter 7, 1 through 4. So let's look at this. After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom is granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, do not harm the earth and sea or the trees till we have sealed, stamped, <laughs> the servants of our God and on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. You know who they are? They're Jews. Jewish people. And actually, in Revelation 14, they are called the first fruits of the Jewish people because this is called Jacob's trouble. This is Daniel's final seventh week. There are going to be many, many Jewish people who are going to be converted. These 144,000, right? And what does it say? They are from the tribe of Judah, 12,000, Reuben, 12,000, Gad, 12,000, Asher, 12,000, and so on. By the way, the tribe of Dan is not mentioned. I'm not going to go into that now. If you go back a few years, I did a comprehensive verse-by-verse -verse study of the entire book of Revelation, and you can find that on our website, livingwordalive.com, and you can study those messages. But what you have here is 144,000 followers of Jesus, Jews. These are, are, are people who have been radically saved these are people who are like Paul who went from Saul to Paul. I have a, a couple of Orthodox Jewish friends, men. They're both multimillionaires. They own insurance companies. They get up every morning, seven days a week, and they study the Tanakh, the Old Testament, for four or five hours. Every morning. Could you imagine what's going to happen to those two guys when they find that Jesus is the Messiah? And I think, I think they kind of know a little bit right now because when I talk to them and I say, do you believe Yeshua could be the Messiah? They, they'll say, well, yeah, possibly. But could you imagine what, what is going to... In, 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 in Romans, Paul is, is crying out. He wants to see the Jewish people saved. And he says... They have zeal, but they lack knowledge. Well, they're going to get the knowledge, and it's going to be right. It's going to be comprised with zeal, and these 144,000 are going to be. By the way, if you think of the church today, we are people with knowledge, and a lot of us lack zeal. Where we got more, we got more knowledge, right? They say that we're a bunch of stuffed pigs. Right, well, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. How many of us are even living right 10% in comparison to what we know? Right, our, our, our knowledge so far surpasses our obedience. Think about it. Maybe before you read the Bible again, maybe before you ever hear a sermon again, maybe you should just look at yourself and say, with what I already know, am I even coming close to living out the knowledge that God has given me? These, these Jews today, these zealous, right, I'll say this, these zealous Jews, they got the zeal, they don't have the knowledge. I mean, study, five, study the Bible five hours a day, seven days a week, how many of you even come close to that? Only pastors do that. And these are just regular 
Jewish people. I admire them, I'll tell you that. I've got, obviously, a, a heart for the Jewish people. But these are Jews who are going to be saved. And they're going to be on fire for the Lord. And they're going to be witnessing to the whole world. Then you got two witnesses. The two witnesses of Revelation chapter 11, verses 3 through 6. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth, three and a half years. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before God of the earth, spoken about in the book of Zechariah. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouths and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven and then, oh, rain falls in the days of their prophecy, and they have power over waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with plagues as often as they desire. They're standing in Jerusalem, and they're preaching the word. And the scripture tells us the cameras are on them. You can watch them on TikTok. You can watch them on Instagram. You can watch them on Facebook. They're going to be all over YouTube. They'll be on CNN. They'll be on Fox. They'll be on all the other cable stations. Everybody's watching them. What happens eventually? Antichrist kills them. And the world has this celebration, this unholy, because their word is tormenting them. Right? The word of God with a person with the right heart is sweet as honey. And the person who has the wrong heart, let me tell you, it's bitter as vinegar. So the world will be, will be seething with hatred for them. And when the Antichrist kills them, they start giving gifts to each other. They have an unholy Christmas. After three days, what happens? Yeah, they rise from the dead. And you know what happens? They get harpazzled. They get, they get raptured into heaven. And fear falls upon the world. But they're preaching, and the world is listening. Okay, the next. Angels will be preaching the gospel. In Revelation chapter 14, 6 and 7. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, the springs of water. This is God's heart. You know, the, the, the 144,000 angels preaching the word, the two witnesses, this is God trying to reach people and bring them to repentance. He doesn't want anybody to perish. He does. He wants all men to be saved. He's crying out to them. Those who receive that message, they are of the great harvest. And that's good news. The bad news is they die. This group they die during the tribulation. They, they, they are killed. Some of them are, are martyred during the tribulation. So take you back right, to Revelation chapter 6. We're going to go back to the future. <laughs> Revelation 6, 9 to 11. The fifth seal. I'll explain the first four in a second. When he opened the fifth seal, a seal, right, Jesus is given the scroll. Nobody can open it, right? Everybody starts to cry, right? Jesus is the only one who could open the seal. I believe the seal is the deed to the earth. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them. 
And it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and brethren, watch, who would be killed as they were, was completed, right? This is a group in heaven saying, Lord, how long? How long are you going to avenge us? You got to wait because there's more brothers on earth, sisters on earth who are going to die during the tribulation period. He gives them white robes. Who else had white robes? The multitude in heaven. But this follows, this is just following, right? Here are these martyrs. You got the 144,000. You got this great multitude in heaven. Watch, look, I'm going to bring you back to Revelation chapter 7, 9. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to look at 13 through 17. Then one of the elders answered and said to me, who are these arrayed in white robes and where do they come from? And he said to me, sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. I believe these people, many of them are martyrs. They have been, you know, they have been killed for their, look again, verse 16. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun, I mean, these are people who have gone through great suffering and they're saved during the tribulation. During the tribulation period, there is going to be a massive persecution of Jews and Christians. Okay, Revelation 12, 17. And the dragon, who's the dragon? Satan. Was enraged with the woman. Who is the woman? We know from the context it's Israel. And he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who kept the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ, who are the rest of her offspring? Believers. Satan's going to be on the war path persecuting Jews, persecuting believers, right? Persecuting Christians and basically killing them. Revelation chapter 13, 16 through 17, the Antichrist. He causes all both small and great and rich and poor, free and slave, to receive the mark on their right hand and on their foreheads. Right, we all seen this. We've seen the movies, right? The Omen and all these crazy movies. The, the, mark, the mark of the beast. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. If you receive the mark of the beast, basically, you're damned. There's no more salvation after that. If you receive the mark of the beast, it's also an allegiance and a worship of the Antichrist. But once you receive the mark of the beast, you can buy and sell. If you don't receive the mark of the beast, you can't buy or sell. So the people who are saved during the tribulation period, folks, they're going to be hungry. I believe when it talks about the, 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 you know, the, the martyrs in heaven, that they were hungry, they're going to be starving. They're going to be, they're going to be extremely hungry because they're not going to be able to buy food. Now... If you're an unbeliever here, I want to give you a little survival course. Some of you really need to hear this. And we live, we live in this, this little microcosm of our lives of, you know, I don't know how long you've been living here for, but most people, you know, 25 years old, 75 years old, we, we gathered all this little information in our mind and we think we know it all. And all of a sudden something happens in our lives and we get rocked. Death, COVID, a world war. But if you're an unbeliever, watching this today, watching it at some time in the future, you're a church attender. 
you're not sure if you're saved. Right now you may be sitting there simply I'm I'm really not sure I'm saved. You may be sitting here listening and you're a fan of Jesus. But you're not a follower of Jesus. And maybe you're a person sitting here right now and just saying, this is a bunch of nonsense. Again, you're, you've got that little, your little brain, that little microcosm of, of info there, and you got it all figured out. This is just a, a bunch of nonsense. Now, outside of the Word of God today, you should have enough information knowing what's going on in this world I mean, unless you got your head in the sand or maybe somewhere else, right? Just to, you know, if you're even, you know, looking at what's going on in the world. This world has become extremely dangerous. I think more dangerous than any time in my lifetime. Nukes, chemical weapons, biological. We've got enough weaponry to basically burn up the world about 50 times over. EMPs. Congress talking about EMPs, electromagnetic pulse bombs, that could basically make us go back to the 1700s. You will have no electricity, your cell phones won't work, your cars won't work. Cyber warfare, Russia, China, Iran, rogue terrorists, the crazy stuff happening with nature. So as you say, even if you don't believe the Bible, you, you do have an awareness that we are living in a, in a very dangerous time. The rapture happens. You don't believe it right now. But the rapture happens. You're going to have to go through the tribulation. I want to just give you some survival advice. I would say that you should definitely begin to store a whole lot of food and water for at least seven years. Start, I mean, start storing a lot. I mean, first of all, I believe you all should have a pantry just in case there's a, a storm or God knows what else. You should always be prepared. You should have a pantry. You should have water. If you have the money, I would encourage you to go out into the country and build a bomb shelter or have somebody build one for you. So there are, there are companies right now that are so backlogged with orders to build these, these bomb shelters, the billionaires. Do you know that Mark Zuckerberg, the owner of Facebook, he's building a $270 million luxury bunker in Hawaii. Max um, Levchin, the founder of PayPal, is building one. James Cameron. Remember the Titanic guy? He's building one. Sam Altman, the AI guy, he's building one. Biden's building one. Elon Musk is building one. And for those of you really hip girls in here, even the Kardashians are building one. If you have the money. You can build a cheap one for about 40 grand. But the luxury ones are going for millions of dollars. If you're not sure you're saved, you don't believe any of this stuff, I'll tell you something. 
I'd be preparing right now. I'd be preparing. You'll thank me, at least for a few years. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4 tells us, And I saw the thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. And then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, for who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. These are those who came out of the tribulation. They were martyred. I don't know if you've ever seen, geez, I've been saved a long time, but years ago, Faith, you probably remember this, there were these movies made about the rapture, and they had um, guillotines in front of the churches. Remember that? They don't need guillotines to cut off our heads. How does ISIS cut off people's heads? How does the Taliban cut off people's heads? Hamas cut off people's heads. Boko Haram, Hamas, um, Hezbollah. You remember, you remember the Christians from Libya? I want you to look, look closely at that. The guy holding out his arm, he's probably got a good 12-inch knife there. The others are holding 4-inch knives. They slit their throats and decapitated them with a 4-inch knife. I won't go into detail of how a person has to do that. The Christians during the tribulation will be martyred, and they'll be martyred in this brutal way. So, again, the church is raptured before the tribulation. And then these people of Revelation chapter 7 are the people who are going to get saved during the tribulation. And again, they will be painfully saved. They will be painfully born again. And I do believe many of these people are people who are sitting in churches right now all over the world. They're sitting in churches, but they've never truly given their heart to Christ. They've never truly been born again. They never truly repented. They're church people. And we call them, you know, we call them mug butts. You know, their mug is in the church and their butt is in the world. And I look out, and I see people here every week, and I, I wonder if they're saved. You go to the book of Acts. Read the book of Acts and look at what a true Christian looks like in the book of Acts. And then look at yourself and say, am I even close, even close to the way those people lived? He said, we'll know them by their fruit. Can't know a person's heart but we'll know them by their fruit. And there should be true fruits of salvation. The majority of Christians in America now watch programs like this occasionally on TV. They're not involved in the body of Christ. They don't serve, they don't serve God. They're not out there witnessing the gospel to people. I think those are all people who are going to be left behind and will be part of this group. Okay. Want a few more minutes? And do you want a few more minutes? Some people may not. Okay. The tribulation, a harvest of wrath. That was a harvest of the righteous. The harvest of wrath, Revelation chapter 14, verses 12 through 20. Then I looked and behold a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and on his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, and he also had having a, a sharp sickle. 
And another angel came from the altar who had the power over fire, and he cried out with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sickle and gather the cluster of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress, the wrath of God. This is a harvest of wrath. The wine, and the winepress was trampled outside the city and blood came out of the winepress up to the bridles of the horse, 1,600 furlongs. This is a harvest of unbelievers. I'm going to bring you back again. Revelation 6. You've heard of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? I hear them. You have an introduction in Revelation 6 to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Jesus is opening the seal. First seal, first horse, second seal, second horse, third seal, third horse, fourth seal, fourth horse. Who is the first horse? It's the Antichrist. Who is the second horse? Death. I'm sorry, I skipped. You have the Antichrist? Oh, I don't know what I did on that. Oh. Second horse is war. Forgive me for this. Something went wrong with my computer on that. Second horse is war. Oh, let me go back. Okay. Antichrist. War. Third horse, famine. Okay. My computer did something with a, a bunch of slides. The fourth horse. You have the Antichrist. You have war. Always following war is famine. Look at World War II. More people died of famine in World War II than they did of war, of actually bombs and, and shells. Fourth, death. In Revelation chapter 6, 7, and 8, when it talks about the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the four living creatures saying, Come and see. So I looked and behold a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades followed with him. And the power was given to him over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. If you take the earth's population today and one quarter of the earth's population was killed, how many people is that? It's two billion people. That's the seal judgment. Now watch, Revelation chapter 9, 18 through 19 these are the trumpet judgments. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed. So if you, if you had one quarter of the earth's population killed, you got six, right, six billion. And then you have a third of the six billion killed. That's half of the earth's population. That's four billion people. You know what Jesus said about this time? The Lord said in Matthew chapter 24, 21, and 22, for then there will be great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Now, you have the seal judgments, then you have the trumpet judgments, and then you have the seven bowl judgments. During the seven bowl judgments, everything is wiped out. The oceans become impure. The rivers become impure. The vegetation becomes impure. This is, again, this, this is the stench of death. 
Do you think they would repent? Right, there are some who do. But wouldn't you think that everybody would be repenting? I mean, the crap has hit the fan. Look, look at Revelation chapter 6, 12 through 17. This is the sixth seal. I just want you to go down. Go down and look at the red, verse 15. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man, hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains. With Jeff Bezos and... Um, and and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath has come. And who is able to stand? They don't repent. Then you go, you go right to Revelation chapter 9, 20 through 21. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of their works of their hands, that they should not worship demons, uh, idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, materialism which can neither see nor hear nor walk, and they did not repent from their murders. Sorceries. Who knows what the word sorceries is? It's pharmakia. It's, it's mind-altering drugs. It's um, LSD, crack cocaine, PCP, marijuana, ecstasy, hallucinogenics, peyote. They refuse to repent. And then it goes on and says... Or the sexual immorality, or their thefts. You know what the word for sexual immorality is? Pornea. Pornography. Homosexuality. Sodomy. Bestiality. Right? Adultery. Uh, fornication. They, they, you, you would think that they would repent. And then you go to Revelation chapter 16, verse 8 through 11. Then the four angels poured out his bowl on the sun, and the power has given to him to scorch men with fire, and the men were scorched with great heat and, the blasph and, and blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast and of his kingdom became full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain, and they blasphemed the God of heaven because of the pains of their source, and they did not repent of their deeds. You know where it ends? I mean, it, it, it really ends. It ends in such tremendous victory, but then it ends in such tremendous tragedy. Revelation 19, the Lord comes back. He comes back with his army of heaven. He comes back with his church, with his bride. I believe if you are raptured, you're a true believer, or you die, right, before this happens, you're going to have a horse, Look at Revelation 19, verse 19 through 21. And they saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the throne and against his army. They were actually going to try to fight God. Which shouldn't surprise us because I see people fighting with God and rebelling against God and resisting God all the time. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. And these two were cast alive into the lake of uh, fire, burning with brimstone. And the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. And all the birds were filled with their flesh. That's Armageddon. Most people think Armageddon is a bunch of armies coming and fighting with each other. No, the armies have gathered on the valley of Megiddo, 20 miles wide, 100 miles long. And they are there to fight with the Lord. They're coming against Jerusalem. What are the rest of the people? 
Because that's just what's happening right there in Israel at the time. What are the rest of the people? Because there's still people who have survived, right, through the tribulation. What happens to the rest of them? Believers and unbelievers. Can I show you one more thing? Go to Luke chapter 17. Verse 26 and 27. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. Right? These are the days of Noah. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day of Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Who was taken and who was left in Noah's day? Who was taken out of the world? Well, who? The unrighteous. They all drowned. Who were the ones who were left? Noah, his wife, his three sons, and his three daughter-in-laws. Do you get that? Just, just understand. And as it was in the days of Noah. You, you need to grasp this. Context, context, context. Because there's all kinds of crazy teachings that are out there that are when verses are taken out of context. Okay. 28 and 29. Likewise, it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Who was left? Who was taken? Who was destroyed? The unbelievers. Who was left? Lot and who? Two daughters, right? The righteous. Peter calls Lot righteous Lot. Continuing in Luke 17, we're going to look at verse 30 here. Even so it will be in the day of the Son of Man is revealed. In that day who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in that night, there will be two men in one bed. The one will be taken, and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together. The one will be taken, and the other left. Two men will be in the field. The one will be taken, and the other left. And they answered, and they said to him, Lord, where, um, where Lord? And so he said to them, wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. How many of you were taught that that's the rapture? It's not. It's not. And if you take the passage in its context, who are the ones who are left? They're the believers who will go in and populate the millennial kingdom. Who are the ones who are taken? They're the unbelievers. What happens to them? You're going to see a bunch of people just... You ever see a person just drop dead? I've seen people just, I mean, they just drop. Heart failure, right? Um, serious heart attack. What do they call it? A thrombosis. person just drops. Well, you're going to have a bunch of people just going to drop. Notice in, in verse 37, and they answered and said to him, Where, Lord? And he said to them, Wherever the body is, there the angels, I'm sorry, the eagles will be gathered together. Eagles, the word is birds of prey. Vultures, crows, ravens, yes, eagles, hawks. You ever see them? They're on the road eating the roadkill. 
Because these bodies will get, they're God's cleanup crew. There are no believers left at the end of the tribulation. The believers who are left, who haven't been killed, they go into the millennial kingdom, right? Again, nice progression right there, right from Revelation chapter 19 right into Revelation 20, the millennial kingdom. That's what happens after the harpazo. During the harpazo, right, there is the harvest of the saved believers. During the harpazo, there is the harvest of wrath of unbelievers. For us, I want to end on a good, happy note. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 9. For God did not appoint us to wrath. What is the tribulation? It is his wrath but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Let me just let me take this for a second here. The wrath of God, see me sitting there, oh God, he's just, he's just hurting these people. No. Do you know in Romans 1 what the wrath of God and how it's described? The wrath of God in Romans 1, it says that God gave them up, God gave them up, God gave them up. He gave them over to their sinfulness. Wasn't God like the, up there like enjoying torturing people? He says, you want your life, you want to live the way you want, you want your perversion, you want your evil, you want your secular life, you can have it. You can have it, it's yours. He calls, he woos, and then he just says, you know what, I give you up. He gave up on them. You know what the wrath of God is in the tribulation? It's the same thing. He's saying to him, you didn't want me? You didn't want my son? You wanted your own selfish, sinful lives? Well, here you can have it. And mankind, led by Satan, unleashes absolute hell on himself. And we can see that right through the centuries. The wars, the atrocities, the genocides, the murder. We see it right now in our country all around us. God says you want it? Here, you can have it. And you can have Satan as your leader. And, all, and this is man just destroying himself. Led by Satan. We were not destined for wrath. Revelation 3.10, Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. That's a promise to the church of Philadelphia. You know, the last three churches on the earth and on the earth in the last day, Sardis, it's the dead church. Laodicea, it's the lukewarm church. Philadelphia, it's the church of true Christians. He promises us we will not go through this time of testing that will come upon the whole earth. Why? Because We's going to be with the Lord in the Harpazo. We going to be with the Lord in the Harpazo. And next week, I'll give you my last message on the Harpazo. And we'll talk about why I believe the Harpazo happens before the tribulation. Okay? If you're not a Christian, repent today and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive his salvation.
receive his spirit, receive his forgiveness. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord God, your warnings, Lord, they're stern, they're strong, but they're good. And as the proverb says, it is the man of wisdom when he receives that rebuke or that warning, he receives it with joy. But the fool rejects it and just keeps on going. I pray, Lord God, those who have heard this message today, may they not be fools. May they be wise. May they receive this word, Lord God, and may they receive the salvation, Lord God, that comes from your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.